Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, just wanted to give a quick introduction here before we get uh, rolling with the podcast with Dustin from Mountain Tough Fitness Labs. So this podcast, I just finished recording with Dustin here a little bit ago and really excited for how that one turned out. And I I think uh, there'll be a lot of information there with when it comes to um, backcountry nutrition um, from a standpoint of a lesson that I learned as well as um, just overall uh, mental toughness, backcountry fitness, that whole ordeal. So I <clears throat> can't wait to get into that. But uh, before we get started there, I just wanted to give a little bit of an update with uh, how the whitetail season's going here. So uh, we're getting really starting to see some scrapes popping up in the woods, starting to see some deer movement. We've had a lot of cold weather here in Pennsylvania recently and really getting me excited for the coming weeks here so after the end of this week here i will be off for two weeks straight off from my uh, day job to hunt and they're going to be starting off in pennsylvania from i think it's october 27th here through november 3rd and then on the morning of the 4th i'm flying out out of pittsburgh heading up to edmonton alberta to hunt there for the next you know six days there i am extremely excited for all of that to to take off here and and to kind of flip back a little bit to pennsylvania um in the big woods here i'm just was just out today hanging some stands and I, i like to to really I guess hang my stands and everything as the season's going on and may seem like that that's kind of counterproductive as far as if you just have them all placed and everything ahead of time you know you would be good but I like to hunt fresh signs so as scrapes are popping up as I'm starting to get some camera pictures some um, different movement there it's time to strike then and I had a couple places I wanted to get into um, so a lot of my setups are, are mobile done with a, you know a hang on setup a hang and hunt type setup or with a climber but uh i wanted to get a few places that i knew i'd be hunting here in my week off that i could get kind of set up and ready to roll so took a took a climber and actually just left it at the base of the tree climbed up made sure all my shooting lanes were good um at a spot that as soon as the the bucks start checking for does they're gonna come on the downwind side of this bedding area in the crook bottom and and run it so that's uh pretty exciting to to get uh get that feeling today actually was extremely cold it was i think 26 degrees when i woke up this morning but uh we're in pennsylvania and you can't hunt on sunday still so the best day so far of the season and i went out scouting so it wasn't a bad day either way but uh we we need to get that that overturned as far as the sunday hunting standpoint goes so with that being said um this week hope to get out a little bit after work i'm kind of limited with time and everything once you get out of work at between four and five and with it getting dark earlier and earlier every night it's tough to to make the drive and and you know hike into the stand or whatever i need to do there so gonna try to get out this week here and get ready for the rutcation to take off 
Um, one other thing, uh, the rut stash challenge is still going on. So hashtag rut stash challenge. If you haven't seen it yet, <clears throat> take a look over on the website, um, on eastmeetswesthunt.com and also the Facebook page where I have the fundraiser going to raise money for backcountry hunters and anglers. That's why, you know, growing out the, the rut stash and really would encourage anybody else to do so. We have a bunch of different prizes and stuff that we're giving away, some gear to, as a part of it to help kind of, you know, uh, motivate you, I guess, a little bit to to take part in this the rut stash challenge there. But if you haven't checked that out yet, take a look at it. That ends November 1st. And, yeah, so that's... That's what's kind of going on to this point here. Um, getting ready f again for Alberta. Really uh, practicing climbing the trees the way that I would be doing it out there and with my big pack boots and everything else. But uh, we'll kind of save that, that strategy for the podcast I, I do with Mr. Jim Hole Jr. When, when I'm up there. So uh, thanks, everyone, for the feedback, too, on the last uh, – podcast that was released on on hunting whitetails and stuff a lot of questions around the hunting mountain bucks and kind of the the different techniques that i'm using there and some other guys you know that are doing it as well so i'm going to try to get some stuff together here shortly to to release you in the next couple of weeks while it's still timely as well as recording the the daily podcast once i get into my rut vacation there so be looking for a lot more information there and keep the feedback coming. Send me emails, messages, whatever it needs to be. And uh, really listen to them and, and hope to make the podcast better based on your feedback. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast. And I'm joined on the line today by Dustin Diefenderfer. Dustin, how are you doing? I'm doing good beautiful day here in Bozeman. Yeah. Is, uh, how, how is the weather out there? We actually are having a, a crazy warm, uh, October right now. It's 75 and sunny. And, uh, yesterday was the opening day of Montana's general rifle season. So it's not really the weather you're hoping for. Um, it's just a, a big warm front coming through right now. Geez, well, I hope it uh, stops before it hits us <laughs> because we've had some nice cold <laughs> cold weather. It was about 26 this morning and uh, got a little bit of snow, so that's a little bit of change. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, which is nice. It's nice here for some deer movement, but uh, definitely not for, for you guys out there with the rifle opener there. I know. You never know. I mean, a lot of years you'll get pounded with snow on opening day and some years you'll get weather where it feels like you're still in September. It's just hard to tell. Yeah. So Dustin, how did, uh, do you, so are you still hunting now or is your tag filled? Um, so I killed my Montana bull, uh, early in September on a backcountry elk hunt. And so my Montana elk tag is filled. Uh, I've still been doing quite a bit of hunting. Um, one of my best buddies this year drew a mountain goat tag. And so we've been out chasing his goat. Uh, we actually killed it on Friday, which was pretty awesome for a Montana. And that's a, it's not 
truly a once in a lifetime tag. You'll see guys draw it twice every now and then, but it doesn't happen very often. When you draw it, you can't put in for another seven years and, you know, it can take 25 years to draw it. And so that was pretty cool to just have a really good buddy draw that tag and for us to be able to find him a goat was pretty amazing. And just the country it takes you into is, is awesome. And so we spent a lot of time on that and then, um, chasing high country mule deer. So I'm kind of waiting for the weather to change and I'll get after that in November. Yeah. Once, uh, once the rut kicks off there a little bit. Yep. And that's pretty, uh, so the, the mule deer tags there, well, you're a resident, so are you able to get those tags over the counter or is that something you have to draw? Yeah. A Montana can just buy their elk and deer over the counter, which gives you a ton of great units. Um, we do have our special draw, you know, trophy units, but just the Montana general deer and elk is, is pretty phenomenal. We definitely feel pretty fortunate that we can hunt every year. And, you know, there's not a, not a year where you can't just go out and buy a general deer and elk tag. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's one thing. Uh, at first Montana's system is kind of a little bit confusing to me, um, from, looking at some other states and everything but once it kind of boils down there's a lot of general units there from what at least from what i've seen from the outside and, yeah it's uh, incredible and and definitely then also some of the the draw units there um i have i think i have two points for elk yeah two points for elk right now there i just started putting in last year so Hopefully here in a, in a couple of years, I'll draw one of the tags I'm looking for. But other otherwise, I, I plan on hitting up Montana for the general units as well. Do something a little bit different than, than Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. We went to Idaho this year, which was a blast after I killed my bull early. Um, I still had a bunch of vacation time and we have two little ones at home and I had blocked off a early September week and a late September week. And just with, uh, you know, the two young girls at the house, it, it takes a lot of work to just logistically put all that down on the calendar and make it happen. And so after I harvested a bull early, I didn't want to just go back to work that second trip. And so we ended up driving to Idaho and buying over the counter non-resident, archery tags and there's quite a few units there and you know you can just show up and buy them and some of them sell out some of them don't um but we got into a ton of bulls and a lot of bugling we didn't end up killing one but just had a blast you know trying a new area like that yeah that's that's pretty that's cool to hear and uh so you said you didn't fill that uh second idaho tag then i did not we uh we got into a ton of elk. They were in a big basin that had been burned. And so really easy to find, really easy to see, but they were also really used to being able to see each other. So calling was extremely difficult just because if you cow called or bugle, you know, they were expecting to see an elk out to three or 500 yards with that wide open burned country. Okay. So, Pretty cool though. I mean, one day they bugled from eight to eight and they definitely was an all out rut fest and 
we ended up getting our bows drawn back four times. We just couldn't get that, you know, clear, ethical, unobstructed shot that we were looking for. Yeah, I know how, how that goes. That was the story of my trip, too. Said I had four encounters right there in bow range. Just couldn't get that that shot that I was looking for, you know. I mean, I know, you know, sometimes you have to make those opportunities, but when it comes down to, you know, whether – they were alert and a little bit far or anything like that. I wasn't going to, wasn't going to risk it. So it uh, sucks coming home with a tag in your pocket sometimes, but in the, in the same respect, it's, it makes you feel a little bit better that you, you made the right decision. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there'd be nothing worse than injuring one just because you rushed it or losing one. Yeah. So anyways, Dustin, let's, uh, let's, let's get into it a little bit here with, uh, Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. So I didn't mention it here in the beginning, but you're the the founder of Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. Well, let's, uh, if you want to start off by just kind of telling me a little bit about yourself, um, your background, and why you started this. You bet. Um, So Mountain Tough, we've been up and running for a little over two years now, and we're really dedicated to kind of being the elite source to improve physical and mental toughness for the backcountry hunter. And a big part of that, you know, for us, you know, we train a lot of folks here in Bozeman. We also have a lot of training available online. Um, but a big component of, of our place here is we can, we call it the lab. You'll see us call it the lab a lot. So a big part of mountain tough is research and development. So we spend a lot of time testing what works and what doesn't work for a mountain hunter or a backcountry athlete. Um, it really was formed from my background as a Montana kid, grew up here, uh, grew up as a backcountry hunter, and just kind of spending time in the backcountry since I was a kid with my dad and my uncles. And as I got older, I got really into running marathons and a lot of that was from meeting my wife and I met her and and she was always that passionate runner that just loved to run and I was always the guy that just ran because I knew it was uh, getting me in shape but never really loved it Um, so kind of that when we first got married led us to pursuing kind of this journey to run a lot of marathons and ultra marathons. And she was hooked on it because she got the runners high and, and I got really addicted to it because I got really addicted to that mental battle, um, where your whole body's telling you to quit and stop, but mentally you have to find ways to get over that and kind of shut your mind down. And I just love that whole component of ultra running in the mountains on, and just, finding ways to push through and overcoming kind of adversity mentally. And so we, we kind of chased that journey for a couple of years and traveled all over the West doing ultra marathons. Um, I was working in a corporate job and, and so was she. And uh, there was a point that I noticed significantly where I was in, really, really good mountain shape. Of course, you know, running ultra marathons in the mountains gets you in incredible shape. But I hit this tipping point where 
it was affecting my backcountry hunting a little bit because I think you can have too much endurance and you start to lose strength and it really starts to matter. It really starts to matter when you have to move heavy loads or pack out heavy loads multiple miles. And so I kind of took a little break off the running we were doing and started doing quite a bit more strength training. And then you, you kind of run into the same extreme where the strength training is making you slow in the mountains. And so being in shape for elk season was always my top priority. And, and so I started really changing my training style so that I could get as much endurance as possible like I had when I was running ultras, but still have the strength uh, that I needed to pack out heavy loads. And that's really where this idea of Mountain Tough was born is, you know, let's come up with a plan and back it up with research and development on kind of exactly what a mountain athlete, what a backcountry hunter should be doing to feel their best in the field. And so I started doing that on my own here in Bozeman, training people locally with this mountain tough style. And really, you know, we spend a, a ton of time on physical training, but mental toughness is really kind of the backbone of everything we do. So every person we bring in the gym or every person we train online, we're trying to find ways to break through those mental barriers, teach them to become more mentally tough. And really, we just want mountain toughers to be gritty, grittier people because we know that that's really what it takes in the backcountry is just a really gritty person that can push through, you know, bad weather, um, not seeing anything missing their family they need that mental toughness to be successful yeah so oh, go ahead after uh, i guess all i was going to add is um it, about one year in it you know it was growing and growing and growing so we brought on three other individuals so the mountain tough team is is built of four guys so we brought in alex fickler uh He's a Montana kid, and he went and served as a Navy SEAL uh, for the SEAL teams. Came home to Bozeman, and um, so we brought him on to Mountain Tough, and it's been awesome. It's been really cool in terms of everything a Navy SEAL needs in, in terms of mental and physical toughness, I think is really close to what a diehard backcountry hunter needs. And so we've incorporated a ton of his knowledge into our programming and into our research. And then we brought on Ara Megardichian, who's a he's a retired West Point physical education instructor. Uh, he was an Army Ranger himself, and then was a Lieutenant Colonel. So very similar to Alex, that you know, a Special Forces individual is using a lot of the same skill sets as a as a backcountry hunter. So they've brought on a tremendous amount of knowledge and experiences that really help us kind of craft what we're doing. And then we brought on a third coach. Uh, his name's Jimmy, also Brooke, and he's a Bozeman kid that is just a legendary kind of backcountry trainer. He's been training people in Bozeman as a personal trainer for a long time. And, you know, he's helped some guys climb Everest and was just a perfect fit. So we're a team of four now, and we spend a, a lot of time researching you know, what will help a backcountry hunter. A lot of time testing things on the mountain to see if they're actually working or not. 
and um, it's been a blast. Yeah, and so that that was the one thing that well interested me when I first started when I first started hearing about your company. I want to say you said you've been around for a couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Cause about I, two and a half. I want to say, have you done any work with um, Adam Yonke with the Journal of Mountain Hunting in the past? Yeah. Uh, just recently, actually, in the last six months. Okay. Because for some reason, I, I thought I remember hearing about it in the past, and then just the beginning of the summer here is when I really started seeing you know, your name popping up. So I was doing some research on your website and just kind of going through it there and when under the the meet the team section there just realizing how many different you know avenues of people you have to to add i guess knowledge and everything to that so with, with that yeah. kind of with that kind of being said i i think it's a something that gets debated quite a bit and i, I hear a lot of people talking about it but with mental toughness if i'm understanding you correctly you're saying this is something that can be you know, built. It's not something that's that you're born with. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. We definitely believe that it can be built and improved. Um, and that it's, you know, part of you that can grow, uh, just like a muscle. I think that, you know, the more you work on it, the stronger your mental toughness can become. Yeah. And as far as like it, coming from my perspective so you I mean you grew up in Montana your whole life you said and for me coming from Pennsylvania when I went out west for the first time and and everything it was uh it was such a unique kind of experience and it didn't take long to really test yourself like you said you get you know so you're out you don't realize how many things that you use on a normal basis and how many people you talk to and everything else that makes you almost feel you know lonely when you're out there and just you know and the things that I never even realized were that big of a deal until you completely remove them and you're in you know the hailstorms the thunderstorms all night and you know you're having trouble finding elk or whatever the conditions may be that's when you kind of figure out uh I, I guess what you're made of there <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We've had a lot of buddies, you know, come out and hunt with us from, you know, Minnesota or Iowa or the Midwest. And that first trip is a big eye opener for them, for sure, just in terms of, I think for for a Montana native, we're kind of used to it by the time we're past our 20s. But for a, for someone coming from the Midwest or the East, it, it's an eye opener every time. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, like I said, for me, it was just, I'd never even had seen the Rocky mountains before until I just planned, you know, the first backpacking hunting trip. And it was, uh, when we pulled up to that trailhead, it was just kind of like, well, you know, what did we get ourselves into <laughs> looking at everything and, and, you know, never being at elevation or anything else. And then just jumping into, you know, 10, 11, 12,000 feet elevation it was it was a crazy experience so and that that's one thing that i i've always taken i guess fitness as a very important part of it because of it's i can promise that no matter what you're not going to wish that you were in less shape (laughs) 
you know, it's, it, I know. <laughs> there's, there's no point in that, that you would ever say that. So in my, in my opinion, anything that you can do to add to that, as far as your fitness level, your, your mental state, everything else is going to do nothing but, but help you there. And again, that's something that I see debated, you know, so often. And I just don't think that's really a, a point that you can argue. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, being in better shape just helps with everything out here for sure. Yeah. So, um, this summer is when you launched your 90 day backcountry hunter program and that's that's where I've seen I've actually talked to quite a few guys who, who have used the program and everything else with really good results. Can can you kind of run through what that program is and kind of how it can benefit guys coming from you know the east or anywhere else? I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. So we um, kind of behind the scenes for about a year once Ara and Alex and Jimmy came on board. Um, we were kind of hiding in a conference room every day for a couple hours, really sketching out what would be the, what would be the dream programming and plan, um, to prepare a backcountry hunter for a big hunt. And so we continued to plan that and research it and test it for about a year on ourselves and, we finally came up with, with what we thought would be a, a really optimal plan to prepare someone for a backcountry hunt. Um, from kind of point A to, to, to peak right before their trip. So the 90-day online backcountry hunter program is designed to wrap up. You'd want to finish day 90 about a week before your trip, um, whether it's a, you know, a trip to Montana or a trip to Alaska, any multi-day backcountry excursion. Um, and so we tested it on ourselves and, and continued to make tweaks. And, um, then we brought in all the guys from the, the Bozeman Sitka office and the Stone Glacier office. Uh, we had Cody Rich come in from the Rich Outdoors podcast and basically said, you know, we think we have a, a pretty good plan here. Um, we know it can get better. We know it can be better. And so we want to run it through on you guys run it on you guys for 90 days and have you guys out in the woods hiking and kind of giving us feedback letting us know how you're feeling how are your legs feeling how's your core feeling um is it making a difference on your ability to carry and manage a heavy pack and so we brought that team in and ran the whole program on them um from start to finish for 90 days and and just made tweaks that entire process, which was cool because they definitely, you know, saw things that we missed and uh, we made those changes. And then once that was done, uh, we put it online. And so now it's a 90 day uh, program that a hunter can do anywhere in the country from wherever they're at. Uh, it's in an app. And so mountain toughers just pull up their phone. Uh, we have a lot of individuals doing it at a home gym. A lot of guys are just taking their phone into the gym and work out uh, every day for 90 days, getting them prepared for the backcountry. Um, you know, it's all video based. So we filmed all the videos here in Bozeman going through how we do the exercises, how we name them. Uh, Ara, who's super motivational, and he's just one of those guys that you work harder when you're around him with, without him saying anything. He 
you know, he delivers each daily workout and kind of tells you why it matters to a hunter. And uh, it's been cool. It's been it's been really humbling for us to to kind of see hunters all over the country go through that program. Um, and now, especially, it's really really humbling to see hunters having success out in the woods and and letting us know, you know, over email that they physically felt awesome. They mentally felt awesome. And, you know, a lot of cool stories are rolling in now. Oh, I bet. Cause I mean, this is your first, first year since the program is, is rolled out here. So I'm sure that now as the archery seasons and stuff are coming to a close, you're hearing a lot of uh, feedback from that side of things. Yeah, it's been awesome. That's cool. So the, the program, you said it's app based and, and video based and everything. Um, from the feedback that I had heard from a few guys, it said that it really makes you hold yourself accountable through that. So can you kind of explain how how the program does that? So make you yeah, not want to quit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a good point that I missed. Um, so when we were kind of planning this idea, should we, should we do what we do online? You know, we debated it for a while. And one of the hardest things that we were discussing in that time frame was for us, one of the coolest things about mountain tough here in Bozeman is the community. And there's just so much energy and so much um, camaraderie here in, in the lab that we're like, man, how, do, how are we going to possibly do that online? And that's just such a big motivator for, for folks here in Bozeman is it's like, Oh, I'm going to go see my buddy. I know he'll be there tonight. And then when they are here, they work 10 times harder than they would alone because their whole you know buddy system is here. And so when we were putting the online program together, we didn't want to lose that. And we knew that that was going to be a challenge. And so what we did in our app is, um, the entire app has all the social features that you would see in any other social platform like Facebook or Instagram. And so you can see who's completing their workouts, who's not. Um, everyone's logging how they performed on each workout. So they're either letting us know uh, their times or the amount of rounds they got or the different weights that they were lifting. And so every single hunter that's in that program can talk to any other hunter that's in there at the same time and so you see a lot of communication a lot of little support groups broke out which was cool so we had several occasions where people were meeting at the gym in different cities uh, to knock out each daily workout which was awesome but just seeing everyone else in there and everyone else talking to you really boosted the accountability for an online program because you know every person in there is going to know where you're at and what you're doing. And you can ask a question at any time to any one of your peers. So that, that helped us a lot. And that was a, a big component of what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, even if you say you and a couple buddies that uh, decided to sign up for the program and you may not live in the, the same town anymore, or same state for that matter, but you can still kind of have that aspect of, of working out together and, and pushing each other because, because, I mean, unless you are, you know, you really have to have it inside you to stay 
focus and with workout programs. And to be honest, you know, most people don't finish programs if it's just, you know, something Mm -hmm. that they're getting emailed to them or they're, you know, watching the videos online and there's no aspect to that. It can be very easy to quit because you can just turn off the computer and that's, you know, that's it. But when you have that where you're held accountable and people can see that, I know me personally, I don't want people to see me slacking off or, or doing anything like that. So it, would yep. and again from an outsider's viewpoint that's something that uh intrigued me about the program yeah we were pretty excited about the way that worked it it was really cool to see i'm i'm continually blown away every day by the amount of communication i see in there and just the amount of mountain toughers that are talking about each day's workout and as a coach that's awesome because i can communicate right back to them and and that that's made all the difference. So the the programs it's broken down into three phases, and can you kind of just give a a brief overview of these three phases? I mean, I, the listeners can get a lot of the information from your website, but I wanted to to kind of give um, a brief overview of what's in it. You bet. Yeah. So the backcountry hunter starts with neuro recruitment, which basically is muscle activation. And, and so we know that not everyone that buys this has been working out consistently. Some people have, some people haven't. Um, but really week one and week two are designed to, A, I think get you used to the mountain tough style. Uh, there's definitely some workouts in that first two weeks that will shock your system. I think no matter what your fitness level is. And that's by design because that program starts with some really hard stuff and we did that so that week seven, we could show you, show everyone how far they had come. So some of those week one workouts repeat themselves in week seven, just so every user can see, man, I've come a long ways. Like this was really hard in week one and it's not bad at all in week seven, mm-hmm. but that neuro, the neuro recruitment phase is really, to get some dormant muscles that some people have activated uh, to get your muscle groups used to working together in conjunction, um, a little intro to mountain our style. And then we roll into a strength phase. And so we know that from our testing, there's some muscle groups that will benefit big time from getting stronger for a backcountry hunter. Um, you know, really strong quads is an obvious one for us because elevation, climbing, and, and vertical loss are a major factor that a backcountry hunter faces every day. So we like to see really strong quads and all the mountain toughers. And then there's just a lot of strength components to get people ready to handle a heavy pack for multiple days. Um, a really strong, you know, core or chassis is a, is a huge component to that. Um so after the neuro recruitment, there's a four-week strength phase, building on all those different muscle groups. Something that's pretty unique about Mountain Tough is is we never want someone to be big, strong, bulky, and slow. So even though you're going through that strength phase, you're still getting some high-intensity cardio. You're still getting your endurance cardio because we want you to be an all-around athlete ready for anything. Um, we just want you to be stronger, but we don't want you to to lose that speed and endurance. And then the program finishes off with 
what we call sport specific or a dynamic phase. And so that is workout. Those are workouts that are very specifically designed for a backcountry hunter. And so we, we care a little bit less about that strength focus and we want to make hunters a little bit leaner, a little bit faster in that phase um, so that they're peaking kind of lean and mean right before their hunt. Okay. And so with the program um, right now, that, that program specifically is not available, correct? That's correct. So we just sell that program once per year and um, we did that for a reason. And one of kind of the main reason of that is a, is we want individuals using that program specifically to prepare for a backcountry hunt. And since it was built specifically for a backcountry hunter, we wanted to make sure that folks were buying it for a backcountry hunt. And so we put it for sale um, basically May, June, July. So the individuals were training June, July, August, or July, August, September to get ready for their trips. The second reason we did that is, is back kind of to your point about community being so important. We wanted as many hunters as possible going through that program together for that accountability and support network. And so it's, it, it gets difficult to keep that when you have hunters coming in at different points in the calendar year. And the support network was awesome when, you know, a couple hundred hunters are going through that at the same time. Oh, I bet that's uh, I didn't even think of that standpoint. I, f- I figured, um, again, just with my assumption that you were doing it just to, to line up with hunting season, but that makes sense from a camaraderie camaraderie standpoint as well. So, and, and you're, so you're, um, once you buy this program though, is this something that you only have for 90 days or is it something that, uh, that you'll have for the lifetime of being able to refer to it? So we give away, we, when you buy the program, you get lifetime access. So you can use it year after year to prepare for your trips. And we have a lot of people going through it, you know, multiple times per year now. Okay. So they can, um, is, is it still only open as far as like for those three to four months or is that, can they just access it at any time in the year? They can access it any time. Okay. Cool. So, um, is there anything else you want to add on that backcountry hunter program or with a uh, mountain tough fitness lab before we get into the, the main topic here? Um, I think the only other thing I'd add that we're pretty stoked about is um, we knew that from our experience, just in our own personal lives and how we train, that we always train different postseason versus preseason. So after a hard season in Montana, you know, hunting really, hunting really hard from September to Thanksgiving, when you come back into the gym and in December, January, February, uh, it's definitely a different style. It's a lot more, usually hunters come in and they've lost a lot of weight. They're tired. They're a little burnt out. Um, they've lost a lot of strength. And so we're pretty excited right now because we're building our mountain tough postseason 
backcountry hunter program. And we definitely believe that kind of the best of the best train all year long. And we'd like to see more and more backcountry hunters train all year long than just training for a trip. And uh, we just know that that'll make a huge difference. And we know that postseason is a little bit different than pre. So we're going through that same process right now that we did on the preseason backcountry hunter program. So we spent a bunch of time this year testing it on ourselves. And then we have 20 athletes in the gym every day right now um, going through the postseason program, which is definitely more of a strength recovery range of motion, less cardio program to kind of recover and build a backcountry hunter back up after a long season in the field. Yeah, you you actually stole that question right out of my mouth. I was going to ask, you know, what, I guess, what would your plan be for uh, a full year as far as when you're in the off season, what would you be doing for a working out standpoint? And I think you just kind of answered my question there. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. So to get into kind of the, the next topic here, Dustin, um, I, I kind of gave you a little bit of information, but didn't uh, fill you in on the whole story. So two, I think the best way to get into this is just for me to give you a, a scenario, what happened to me personally um, this past year, I, I went on a 14 day elk hunt in Colorado and it was a backcountry elk hunt. And I, I've never went on a trip for that long before as far as something that you were you know extremely extremely physical demanding and everything along those lines so i planned for the trip uh, nutrition wise like i would like i had been for the five to seven day trips that i've been doing the last few years and i i all year round i pay attention to my nutrition planning pretty seriously and um, and feel like I have, I kind of know how my body operates and, you know, what fuels me and what, you know, makes me inflamed and everything else. So I, I had a, I had a, pr- a pretty good idea of what types of foods I needed, but as far as the amount of calories that I needed, I had no idea as far as going into that. I just knew that on the last few trips, I lost, you know, 10 to 15 pounds in, in seven days. And I needed to change that a little bit and, you know, up a few things. And I uh, I went into it somewhere around, I think it was between 3,000, 3,200 calories a day. And I, I felt good at the beginning. I mean, the food that I was, you know, putting into my body was was good. A lot of high protein, high fat, um, and and some car and some carbs as well. And and I, I always feel like for me personally, my body operates really well with a with a high fat, high protein um, diet, and and a little bit less on the the carb standpoint on a, in a normal day. But uh, so I, I was I was doing really good with it. I was starting after about like day six or seven. I was really feeling you know acclimated and and just feeling like I was at the top of my game. And as the the days started going on, getting around twelve to thirteen, I I got extremely sick. I just I started with the the day before kind of getting um, just a little bit of a brain fog and some muscle fatigue and everything else. And I'm like, I don't know what's, 
you know, what's going on here. And I just felt like I, I couldn't get enough food. Like I just wanted to eat more and more and I was kind of, you know, burning through yeah. it, burning through it pretty quick. And, uh, next thing you know, I just hit a point where it just felt like my body just shut down. I just, I was struggling walking. My, my throat started hurting so bad. Like it was just, it was felt like it was swollen shut and, I was just having trouble yeah. breathing and, and everything else. I just hit what, you know, what you guys call the, the bonking, you know, effect. And, yeah. and that, uh, that luckily it was, you know, the last, well, actually it wasn't luckily, but it was the last, you know, day of the hunt when I was really, you know, down and out with it and just kind of powered through to, for the pack out and everything else. But I was, I, I hit a point where I didn't know what, you know, if I could have went a few more days or not, you know, I was at that point yeah. where I, I needed recovery. And, and once I, once I came out, I found, uh, I finally read the email that you had sent about your backcountry calorie calculator. And I hadn't read the email before I left at, at before that we started recording here, you said you sent it out basically the Wednesday before I left and I left on a Friday. So um, I, I got back and I punched the information into, uh, into the, the calorie calculator there and was realizing yeah. I was, I was burning anywhere between 4,600 and 6,400 calories a day. And I was only taking in around yeah. 3000. So yeah. over that amount of time, I, I mean, it just, just burnt me down. So, I mean, can, can you kind of run through your, that, that calorie calculator and how you kind of came up with it? Because otherwise, I had no idea how to how to figure that out. Yeah, it's funny because you know what happened to you is what happened to a lot of people that led us to putting this calculator together, and and everyone always describes it exactly like you did. It's like my body was just shutting down. I didn't know what was happening, and it almost always starts with that brain fog, which is always a big sign to me that you know i'm in trouble and i'm not eating enough is that that brain fog and so that's super interesting i so we we kicked off a a research project last year that was almost related to exactly what happened to you we had several phenomenal athletes um lifelong backcountry hunters and we were studying them and they were going on multi-day backcountry trips and they just weren't performing how we thought they should and they were bonking in the backcountry and you know these were physically and mentally fit backcountry hunters and we just were trying to boil down why are they crashing on multi-day backcountry trips under heavy load and really we we found out that it was exactly what happened to you that it was a, it's a caloric deficit problem. And a lot of people can get by with it on one, two, three day trips, but the longer you're out there, the more it really becomes an issue. And that caloric deficit is just compounding on itself every day. And so folks like yourself that are out there for 12 days can run into some real problems. We're usually on a three day hunt. Um, you might feel it, but you're, you're home in time um, before it gets too bad and you can get a bunch of calories in yourself. So this research project kind of led us to this um, 
idea of, you know, what can we provide to hunters that would really help with this issue? And so we're like, well, obviously we need to study some guys and see how many calories they're actually burning in the backcountry and see if eating more makes a difference or not. And that was such a fascinating time. We, we had some bigger, super athletic guys that were like 210 pounds and um, you know, we were tracking them burn like 6,800 calories a day, especially when their packs got heavy. When your pack gets heavy, um, even the difference between zero with no pack and a 50 pound pack, the caloric burn is so substantial that I think that's what hits the little guys. That's what hits a lot of guys that aren't, aren't ready for that kind of burn rate. Um, so we obviously through our study knew that this was a problem. The individuals are burning way more than they think they are. And because of that, they're not eating enough. And because of that, they're crashing or they're bonking. Um, and that led us to figure out, well, we need to, you know, we need to provide a tool so that guys can fix this challenge. And, um, so a lot of research on RN led us to the Pandoff's equation and the bummer about the Pandoff's equation is it's the only validated study on this. Um, but it's from the seventies and it's a military study. So the military study was studying this. They were studying the same problem. You know, why are soldiers crashing when we put heavy packs on them? Um, and so they put together this math that led us to our backcountry calculator. So the backcountry calculator, um, uses Pandoff's equation to prepare a backcountry hunter for how many calories they're going to burn per day in the backcountry. So you can download this tool on our website that basically takes in um, your data. So we need to know like your pack weight, your average hiking speed, the amount of vertical gain and loss uh, you're going to do in a given day. And then it kicks out how many calories you'll burn in that day. And then the second tab allows you to plan your meal, your meals for that day. And really what you're trying to do is you're trying to manage that deficit the best you can every day. So we found that no one has really been able to nail the number every day. And I just don't think that that's realistic because if you're going to burn, if you're a 200 pound guy that's going on a 12 hour hike with a heavy pack and you're going to kick out 6,800 calories per day, there's just no backcountry hunter that I know that's going to pack that much food, A, or consume that much food. You'd just be eating too much. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to not let that deficit get out of control. And when that deficit gets out of control, that's really what leads to this bonk, um, especially as it compounds day after day after day. So the backcountry calculator is really just a free that allows hunters to um, – plan out their whole trip so you can see on a hard day how many calories you're going to burn on an easier day how many calories you're going to burn and then you can start planning accordingly accordingly on how much you should pack and how much you should eat on those days is there is there like a rule of thumb as far as like a percentage of how many calories you should try to replace versus or are you just trying to get as much as possible with being realistic for how much you can consume you know, it's funny. We were really trying to come up with a rule of thumb, and we haven't nailed it yet. Um, I know some some smaller benchmarks that were working awesome for us is 
um, like 160 to 170 pound guys were not bonking at all if they were eating 3,400 calories a day. So we didn't, we saw really, really awesome performance on 160 to 170 pound guys eating 3,400. And that was manageable because if you focus on it and you eat every hour or two um, and make sure you don't forget to eat, most individuals can consume that much and pack that much in the backcountry. But what we did find is that just was not working for a 200 to 210 pound guy that those guys were bonking at 3,400, but they were not bonking at 4,000. So like our bigger hunters were eating 4,000 and doing awesome. Um, and then, a, you know, a smaller guy was doing awesome at 3,400. So there is some percentage there that that would be an awesome rule of thumb. We just haven't nailed that yet. But one thing we have found is most people um, can kind of find their sweet spot that keeps their performance up day after day after day. And um, as long as they plan and kind of stick to that sweet spot, they're pretty successful. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say because, you know, like like you said, I mean, 6,000 calories a day. I mean, I know that wouldn't be for the whole trip, but still that's not really – attainable so coming up with yep. some sort of number and, and and it's i'm sure it's tough from your standpoint with everybody's body's different and, and you know what you kind of need there i mean i i just know for me i'm anywhere from 185 to 190 pounds that you know the 3,000 calories i was taking in wasn't enough you know i, I definitely needed yep. to to up that number um over you know for the first four or five days I was fine but as the trips were as the days were going on and longer and and more days that deficit just kept building and eventually just felt like it ran my body into the ground yeah yeah it's so true I mean that's what happened that was what was happening to a lot of a lot of our hunters was multiple day deficit you know that that brain fog would set in and and then for a lot of people, when that brain fog sets in, it's it's game over. Yeah. Like you said, it, they have to to get into town and recover for a day. And that can be a real disaster, especially if you think of like, you know, fly in Alaska sheep, fly in Alaska goat. You know, you do not want that to happen. No, no, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother situation than even being, you know, five or six miles from the truck that's a that's a whole nother world when you're on a, a dream hunt or anything where it's uh it's not as easy to get back out yep i, I think one of the coolest things for us through the the calculator is what the calculator did for a ton of hunters a ton of backcountry hunters and i'd say it, it did this for a ton of really experienced hunters and beginners is we had so many emails come in from folks that just didn't know how many calories they were packing every day. So I think a, a large part of the hunting population just packs some food for their trip and never realizes how many calories that actually is. And that can lead to some real problems. And so I think having a tool where you can actually plan daily rations has made a huge difference for a lot of folks. And 
Um, also, I think the biggest thing that we've seen help hunters out in the field is, is this philosophy of eating every one to two hours. And that can be really hard when you're, you're going hard, you're chasing bugles, you're on a stop, you completely forget to eat. Um, but we, when we were putting all this together, you know, we spent some time interviewing Stephen Drake, who, who's just an experienced backcountry guy. And, you know, one of his statements is he has to eat every one or two hours or he'll bonk. So, you know, he can be in the heat of the moment chasing bugles, but he's still going to make sure that he, he gets some cows in. And that's been a huge kind of easy tip that guys can take home is, um, just make sure you're getting cows all day long. Yeah. Just, uh, just break, break it up instead of having the, you know, your traditional three big meals, have it just eat throughout the day. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That's, um, so just, um, actually yesterday just released on the website, but I had wrote an article for Heather's choice on their, their blog about kind of this, this whole thing, um, with nutrition planning and, and I had, I, I had built, uh, well, actually I didn't build, my brother built this, uh, chart in, um, Excel that, uh, for like plugging in all your data and similar to what, what you guys came out with, but that's what I had been using for the last few years. And that's how, if I, if I wasn't looking at it and wasn't counting all my calories and everything else, uh, and seeing how many fat calories, how many protein, uh, grams and how many carbs I'm taking in, I would never notice that, you know, without tracking it or I, I wouldn't bring enough, I guess, because what it looks like, even yeah. that, that 3000 calories, when I have that in a, you know, a gallon Ziploc bag for each day, I'm looking at, it looks like a, you know, a hell of a lot of food and, and, yeah. and, uh, you know, so normally I wouldn't take that much if you don't have it, you know, on paper or on a computer in front of you to, uh, to be able to refer yeah. to. And so that's, that's what, uh, this article that, that I did there, I'd talked about, you know, kind of how I broke everything down and then, and then referenced the, the backcountry calorie counter and then put a little screenshot of the calorie counter that I used based on the, you know, my body weight, pack weight, distance, everything that I actually did on that trip since it was, you know, afterwards and, and showed what the requirement was and how many calories I was burning versus how many I was taking in and kind of going through the, the, the lessons learned there. So, I mean, for me, that was, that was kind of easy to be able to, to plug that information. And, you know, now that I was back, so for a guy or, or a gal that was going out and, they have no idea, you know, how far they're going to be hiking or anything. What, what's your kind of, what would be your advice for them for figuring out, um, just a, you know, a rough guesstimate, I guess, from the calorie standpoint. Yeah, I think the, an awesome step would be first to do exactly what you did. So making daily bags makes a huge difference. And so, most of us and, you know, ton of my buddies all do the, exactly what you said. And if you're going on a seven day trip, get seven gallon Ziplocs. Um, Cause that really leads you to the, to making sure that you're planning out each day and, and then making sure you finish that bag of food each day before you move on to the next to make sure you're hitting those cow numbers. 
And then I think if I, if I didn't know how many miles I was hiking, I would definitely still pull up the backcountry cow calculator, get my weight and my pack weight in there. And then I think I would ballpark it from there and just kind of guess on what kind of trip I'm going on. You know, if, if it's an elk trip, I'd guess a little bit different than if it was a goat trip. And, um, I get some ballpark mileages in there to kind of see what the trip's going to look like. Um, based on, you know, if it's archery season or rifle, um, I would guess my hiking speed as well. And then, you know, the backcountry calorie calculator is going to kick out your numbers for each day. And, And even if that mileage is off, it's still, you're still way ahead of the game than, than not going through that process. And then from there is a, is a step that makes all the difference. And I think that that is kind of what we talked about earlier, that a lot of hunters don't even know how much they've packed for each day is, you know, if the estimate in your calculator are saying pack 4,000 each day, or if you're going to burn 4,000 each day, you know, pack 3,500 to to keep managing that deficit. Then you got to break down your food. Um, So you, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and all your snacks to make sure that it's adding up to 3,500. And that's a big step that gets missed is um, not making sure that there's 3,500 or 4,500 calories in each of those bags to make sure that you're getting that daily number. Yeah, and and it's it's pretty easy now to be able to figure out you know the calories in each you know, food item with whether it's on the bag or you can go online to find out that information. It's, it's, it's not very difficult to be able to do it. Just takes time to, you know, again, put it into the spreadsheet, break it down and, and notice it. And I mean, it kind of goes to the same thing. Like when I'm looking at packing my gear, I always run it through a spreadsheet, even though I know now what I'm going to be taking, I run it through and then I have it, I have each item weighed out and add it up all at the end and look at it and be like, Oh geez, that's, you know, that's heavier than I was expecting. You know, what can I cut out? Or otherwise, if you're just throwing, you know, throwing shit in there, it's, you get, uh, it, it adds up pretty quick. So same thing with, with, from a food standpoint is you may not be putting enough in there if you're not really putting it down and being able to see those results. Yeah. And tracking is cool too, because, you'll have days where, you know, you brought a little bit more protein or fat than you had in the past and you'll feel awesome or you'll feel terrible. And at least if it's tracked, you know, Oh man, I, I probably had too much protein that day. Cause I really felt sluggish or I probably had too much fat that day. Cause something didn't feel right. But if it's not tracked at all, then you're, then you just don't know what's bothering you and, and it's hard to improve on it. But that, just getting it down helps a lot. Yeah. And, and, and that also, I guess, comes into play where with me, I, I started off with a, you know, a notebook, you know, as I'm out there, things that I notice that, you know, whether it's negative or positive, kind of write it down. So you remember that and you can kind of reference it, uh, going forward. Or now I just use my smartphone. I just go into the notes tab and kind of just jot a few things in there you know, if I'm, you know, again, if I'm feeling like crap or, or, um, you know, this or that, or even again, something with my gear isn't performing correctly, I'd, you know, I'd write it down so that, 
that you're able to reference that again. And, and again, it just comes down to, you know, data and being able to, to learn from, from your mistakes and, and move forward with it. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's exactly what I was hoping to kind of cover there with the, the backcountry the calorie calculator there. Is there anything in addition to that that you want to want to touch, touch on a little bit? Um, I think that's kind of it from our side. We're, we're super stoked that hunters are using it and we're super stoked that just the stories we've heard of hunters that have eaten more this year than in the past and have felt great. That's kind of what we're really hoping to happen is, for people just to feel better and perform better in the mountains. So we're pretty excited. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm excited to actually get it, to put it to use. Um, you know, again, for the, my next extended trip, I, I'll be, uh, hunting for a couple weeks straight here. It actually starting on Friday, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's not, uh, it's not going to be as, you know, physically demanding. So I'll be whitetail hunting. And for the first week in Pennsylvania, um, Dustin, have you ever been to Pennsylvania at all before? I have not. So North central Pennsylvania is, is what we consider mountainous until I, uh, until I experienced the actual Rocky mountains, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's still some pretty steep country, you know, thick, um, big timber, you know, clear cuts, a whole, the whole nine yards with it. And even as far as the style of hunting that we do around here is not your typical agriculture, you know, farm whitetail hunting that you, you would see on TV or in the magazines. Most of the time it's, it can be extremely physically demanding from the standpoint is when, when I go in to some of these, these large tracks of public land, you're packing in, you know, say anywhere from one and a half to three miles. And when you're doing that, you, you're carrying your tree stand in, you're carrying all your clothes for the day. If it's a, you know, it's during the rut, I'm going to sit in that tree stand from dark to dark. So you're, there's a lot of different components to it. And, you know, even coming down to your nutrition there and everything, it's, it's, it's important to look at. And I wouldn't say probably as important as if you're, you know, hiking all day and everything else. But when it comes down to keeping your body warm, um, making sure that your body's fueled with the right nutrition pays a, you know, it's, it makes a big difference as well. So there's what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at long story short is there's, it's still important to pay attention to that. And, um, from a, from a meal planning standpoint and also just with, you know, physical fitness to, to perform better, you know, to, to stay on, I guess, mentally. Cause when you're sitting in a tree stand for that long, man, yeah. That gets uh, talking about just kind of driving yourself nuts. It, it, you can do oh, that yeah. pretty easily. So, <laughs> but That's a mental battle for sure. Yeah, and then uh, for the second week, um, heading up to Alberta um, to the the bow zone up by Edmonton. There, I'm heading up with with Sika actually to to do some gear gear testing and and uh, record some podcasts there and temperatures there can get uh as low as negative 40 so that'll be uh very interesting <laughs> to to kind of shift gears a little bit there sitting in a in a tree stand but i'm, I'm excited for that that'll be awesome yeah that'll be awesome 
tasteless monster bucks. Yeah, big bodied, just giant deer. I've always always heard about it, been kind of a dream of mine. So I'm I'm excited to to take that on. But well, that'll be awesome. That's really cool. But anyways, when is uh so when is your your postseason program going to be launching and coming out? Uh, so our postseason program will be ready uh, right around December first. We'll have it kicked out online um, for folks to start diving into. Okay, cool. Is that going to be a similar format with uh, like a you know a ninety day thing, or is this or is it going to be different? It, it'll still be ninety days, um, all on the app through your phone, all with the same support network and community. Um, it'll still have lifetime access. Um, I think the only difference we're not hundred percent on this yet, but that one will probably be for sale all year long. And it kind of is to that point that we want, we want to see hunters training all year and that's a good way to do it. And so that one probably won't have the opening and closing date like you see in the preseason, just cause the preseason is so specific to getting you ready for your trip. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, so with with all that being said, Dustin, do you want to give some places where the listeners can find out more about Mountain Tough? So kind of given the website, social channels, and everything else there? Absolutely. Yeah, so you can find us at mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H.com. Um, and then you'll see us on Instagram at mountaintough underscore fitness and same thing for facebook okay cool so they can find it as i'm on the website here right now there's information on just about everything you know we had talked about and um background with the, the backcountry hunter program the the 22s challenge which i did that this this summer a few times and uh it's pretty grueling workout some other some other different resources on there so i'd recommend everyone go on there and uh check it out so that was just uh, one last thing here, Dustin. That was something that the 22s challenge was something that I uh, would kind of use as a, as a baseline for myself going through the summer. You know, about once a month, I would kind of complete it and see, you know, what my progress has is, is gotten on that. So that was that was, uh, that was a fun way to kind of baseline some stuff there. Yeah, that one's been super fun for us to watch. It's a cool way to just see kind of where your fitness level is. And it's a cool one for people to do, um, you know, in hotel rooms or the nice thing about the point is, is you can do it anywhere at any time. And it's just a great workout if you don't have something planned for that day. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I would do it before work. I had a, where I was living at before I had a park that was down the road and I'd run to the park and, and, you know, kind of do it there and do some laps and everything else. Um, didn't need, you know, any equipment or anything to do that. So that was cool. That's awesome. But, um, all right, Dustin. So if, uh, if you have nothing else to add here, we'll, uh, we'll end this. And actually I'm going to get this, this, uh, episode edited here tonight and, and launch it here at midnight. So going to turn it, turn and burn this one. Awesome. <laughs> That's fast. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's fast service right <laughs> uh, but anyways all right dustin cool, thank bro. you very much for uh coming on here and uh, we'll talk to you soon all right bill thank you appreciate everything 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.